Jared and the GM live from Cool Springs Wines and Spirits. Come on out. You got one hour left to come on out and register to win those Preds tickets for Thursday night's home opener. So come on out and register to win. Delaney Walker, Titans tight end, will join us in 30 minutes at 530. Floyd, and I'm sure Delaney, coming off of his 500th career catch, has a lot that we'll get into with him. And number one thing we're probably going to have to get into Delaney with is... I don't know. What's the number one thing we always talk about with this team? I, I don't know. What's the number one thing we talk about with every team? <laughs> I don't know. The quarterback. Oh, oh, I'm sure. The I'm quarterback sure is always the number one thing, especially <laughs> with this team. How'd you miss that one? I don't know. It's, I, was, I, was, I was making it too complicated. Must have been. <laughs> so, anywho, Marcus Mariota last week. Pulled at twenty nine percent amongst Titans fans that were approval that were approving of the job. When's their next that he was doing tomorrow, tomorrow morning? Okay. Tomorrow morning on Twitter at Jared Stillman, you'll get your chance to to vote in there. But I think we can all agree the single most important thing in Marcus's career between him being a good quarterback and a bad quarterback, as we saw this past week, is what. What did he have in 2016 that he had last week that he has not had when he's played really, really poorly? Accuracy? Well, I was going to say good offensive line. You know, we saw the 2016 throws, and he had clean pockets, and he was throwing it and putting it places, and what did he do? He had clean pockets. You brought that up all day yesterday. You gave the offensive line a game ball. The more I watch football, the more I think the offensive line might be the single most important part of somebody's team. And the more it makes me think that all we do is take calls about Marcus and all we do is talk about Marcus and all it is is they'll never win a championship with Marcus and they'll never do this with Marcus and they'll never do that. And yet at the draft, do we ever talk about what are, what's their plan at right guard? Or they extended Ben Jones, who I don't think is very good. They extended Ben Jones in the offseason. You don't hear anybody raise a hand and say, whoa, 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 now what are they doing over there? Did you see Mariota, by the way, got caught on TV after either a sack or a ball Mariota threw away? He lit up Ben Jones. For what? I guess Ben must have blocked the wrong guy or didn't block his guy or something. Oh, I didn't see it. But Marcus was letting Ben Jones have it, which is a warm sight for me to see. But as much talk as we do about Marcus, and I'm all for talking about Marcus and everything else because we do it every day, but should we not talk about the offensive line every day? Should we not care about who's in the draft on offensive line? Should we not care about who the offensive line coach is? Because the, clearly the difference between Marcus being a good quarterback and a bad quarterback or the team winning games or losing games seems to me over the last four years has been almost perfectly defined by the play of the offensive line. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's, I mean, you only had to look at the teams that I liked to see that. You know, we put a lot of credence in the offensive line. I mean, we were sold on that. Line of scrimmage in general, both sides. But but your secondary is going to be a lot better on defense if you got pass rush. If, you're, if your offensive line is good, you can run the ball, you can pass the ball. It doesn't make any difference. Now you have to go out and find a quarterback that can, you know, perform behind the offensive line. If he gets some kind of protection that can stand in there and get the thing done. And – 
just looking at the first half of last week, just on that half, you would say that Marcus can do that. And so, you know, again, this is going to boil down to J-Rob and, and Vrabel and looking at that and saying, okay, is that the difference? And I don't know what they're going to think. What well, what do you think? With. I mean, that's what you – clearly you think that's the difference is oh, I, protecting I, the quarterback. I, I mean, it's critical. I mean, I was thinking about this the other day. What if Derrick Henry got to run behind Bruce Matthews and Brad Hopkins and John Runyon and all of those guys? What if, what if Marcus – I mean, Steve McNair, a lot of people didn't like Steve McNair. Steve McNair, again, had Bruce Matthews, and he had John Runyon, an all-pro, and he had Brad Hopkins, an all-pro, and he had all-pro and Hall of Fame linemen. And Marcus has his best offensive lineman canned for the first four games of the season. His second-best offensive lineman hasn't been the same since he was a rookie three years ago, and his third-best offensive lineman from Los Angeles kind of stunk it up for the first couple of games. Uh, It's not fair to Marcus. And yet no one talks about the offensive line because offensive line is so not sexy. There are no stats for offensive line. Like, there's no true stats. Like, yeah, pro football focus will make up some BS thing about this guy rated really, really well or this guy didn't rate. But there's no true stats on the offensive line. No offensive linemen have shoe deals. You know, there's not a sack stat. There's not a touchdown stat for offensive linemen. So there's nothing sexy about it. No offense, but the guys who play offensive line, now they'll tell you otherwise, but, you know, they're not sexy, generally speaking, in their own right. So there's nothing sexy about offensive line. And yet the first four games of this season, after seeing what he did at Atlanta with a clean pocket, the more I'm convinced our discussion should not center around him. They should center around the offensive line. The idea of you can't win a Super Bowl with him as quarterback. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But I can promise you this. You ain't going to win a Super Bowl with Jameel Douglas at right guard. That I can promise you. And yet nobody really talks about it. We sat there at the draft. We said they don't have a right guard. They need to get a right guard. Nobody raised an eyebrow when they took A.J. Brown in the second round instead of going out and getting a right guard. Now, A.J. Brown might end up being a stud, so I ain't going to complain about it too much. But, (laughs) again, they literally did not have a right guard when they went into the draft. And they said, you know what? Nope, let's take a lineman who's not going to be able to suit up for for most of the first year, which may be the smartest decision they've ever made. I don't know yet. But I just think that the, the credence that is not put on the offensive line by the fans, but also by the media and maybe by some of these general managers, I think is something that people are not understanding about football. And if you ever need to look at an example of why the offensive line is so important, I give you exhibit a Marcus Mariota. Well, we went, I mean, we've, we've talked about this a little bit, but you know, again, this is, this is Marcus's fifth year. And, you know, we've given him so many excuses along the way, right, wrong, or indifferent, true, false, lies, whatever they were. I mean, we've made excuses for four years. And, you know, I said at the beginning of this year, I'm done with the excuses, man. So this is, he's, the bottom line is he's got to put up. But it's not his fault that they can't, that he doesn't have a right guard and now he's out there care. and they block and he plays I don't well. Care. I don't care. I don't care. And I love offensive linemen. But I don't care. 
we've made I've made excuses for him for four years, and he's got it's time for him to take the bull by the horns. See, now I, this is the one spot where I disagree with you is if if he's got nobody blocking for him, what can he do? The Rams are a mess right now, and and somebody said on Sunday Night Football, they said, "What's wrong with the Rams?" And Chris Sims goes, "It's their offensive line. It's a mess." And the Rams, well, they lost. Uh, well, they gave they, fifty-five points. Too. They lost Saffold, and then their center. I think their center retired. Well, and Wentworth they, is thinking about retiring, but he came back. No, he's tackled. But the, but the other guy, the center. I think their center retired. But so they're a mess, and now golf's not playing as well. And I I stick by it. I think offensive line, you know, and and you talk about done with excuses for Mariota. I'm getting to the point where I'm done with excuses on the general manager that it doesn't feel like he has put enough of an emphasis on offensive well, line. Well, he can't see this is here's the problem with them with with what's going on with them is they they want to get this team to the point where they can win double digit games every year. Be one of those teams. Well, in order to do that, it takes time. And and the emphasis has been for the last couple of years where receiver all right are we better at receiver i mean absolutely no doubt aj brown what he's done bringing in hump you know i think all of those things are going to pay off in spades so you know you've got the defense you've got the running backs you've got the receivers you've got you know everything but the offensive line and i have no doubt but that that will be the next project Let's take your phone call, 615-737-1025. Did Mariota prove on Sunday that the offensive line should be the number one discussed topic on the team? We'll get to that next. Plus, Delaney Walker joins us at 530. It's Jared and the GM live from Cool Springs Wines and Spirits. It's Jared and the GM and streaming on the Game National app. Before a game last year, you told us after the fact that you said to Marcus, I'm looking forward to going out and watching you play. Yeah. Did you say anything like that to him? This week. I said every week. You know, what I mean, I do. You know, I said same things I would tell my my kids is like we, we prepared. We're, we're going to try to put you guys in the best position, and uh, and I do. I enjoy watching them all compete. I, I try to help them throughout the game and make adjustments and talk to each each and every one of them. And so I, I do notice there's not as many fire the quarterback questions this week. So I appreciate that. Speaking of the fire of the quarterback, it will be interesting to see what the approval poll says tomorrow, the official Marcus Mariota approval poll rating, what that will be. Slipped all the way to 29 last week. Floyd predicts back into the 60s. Yeah. I think it'll be on its way up. I think it'll be back to 50s where it was after Indianapolis. We are live at Cool Springs Wines and Spirits. Delaney Walker will join us at 530 uh, here on the show. You can come on out and register to win a pair of Preds tickets to the home opener and the season opener on Thursday against Minnesota. Floyd, a thought on Marcus, or do you want to go to the people? Go to the people. Cedric is going to be up next here on Jared and the GM. Cedric, Cedric, what did you think of Mariota on Sunday? Man, listen, Jared, I don't even know where to start. You are comparing Steve McNair's offensive line. Did you see the highlights from the Super Bowl when Steve McNair's back there running for his life and he's putting his hand on the ground and he's making throws? That bum of a quarterback that we got cannot do that. Now, let me touch base on what you just said. Next Gen has a stat that says Marcus Mariota has the fifth longest time of any quarterback to throw. Yeah, you may say our offensive line sucks, but that's a stat from next Gen. 
Now, uh, Floyd, I, I know you respect Bill Parcells. I call Bill Parcells the Jesus of the NFL because what that guy says is gospel. And here's what he says. You are what your record says you are. The point is that you can't reason distance between you and what you accomplish. The results speak for themselves. What that means is Marcus Mariota and that 29-30 and 30 record that he has cannot be separated. He is a below 500 quarterback. The Titans right now are 28th in the league in passing. The only teams that are worse than them, Chicago, who's their quarterback, New York Jets, who's their quarterback, Miami, who's their quarterback, and Kirk Cousins, which is what I told you guys in the offseason Marcus Mariota was. He was Kirk Cousins. His ceiling is Alex Smith, who has a record of 38-36 and 36 when he was the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. Now, lastly, I'm going to leave you with this, since everybody wants to talk about how great he performed against the Atlanta Falcons. Go watch Brian Baldinger break down the All-22 and talk about all the holes that was in that defense. Dan Quinn's going to get fired. That team has already quit on that guy. And everybody wants to call in and talk about how great Marcus Mariotti is. If he was so great, yeah. Do you only look and listen to people that say bad things about Mariota? Like if if Baldinger were to say Mariota played great, would you come on the show and say, go look at Brian Baldinger? Dude, he, he, he threw against a poor – that team's already quit. And you know this, Jared. You know this. You just came on and said last hour that Matt Barkley is going to be the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills. And everybody that's a Tennessee Titans fan knows that if a quarterback like that is facing Marcus Mariota, what's the chances of us winning that game? I mean, talk to me. Talk to me, dog. I'll listen up there. I'll wait. <laughs> Thank you, Cedric. Let me just state for the record – I'm worried about the Buffalo Bills. I mean, I, I hand up. I'm worried about Buffalo on Sunday because I think Buffalo's defense is pretty good. Let's go to – and this, by the way, should be noted for everyone who will say if they lose to Buffalo, Jared, you said don't worry about it because it's Buffalo. Can't say I said that because I'm worried about Buffalo this week. Let's go to Bill, who's up next on Jared and the GM. Go ahead, Bill. Hey, thanks for taking my call. I love the show. Thank you. Man, I've called you guys probably 30 times talking bad about Mariota. And I just realized something when I was watching that game. You know, he's a one-read quarterback. They don't you know, to try to make him check down passes. When he throws his best passes, he takes the ball, and he looks right at his receiver. Now, I think he's a very average quarterback, maybe even below average. But um, you, they just need to do one-look passes with him, just like in college. That's where they have their success. Thanks for listening. Thanks. I don't think you can do that in the NFL. Yeah, it's really, really hard to do in the NFL. I mean, uh, probably as simple as it ever gets is, you know, where you're looking at half field and you just take it from the free safety, you know, one side or the other. But but generally speaking, when you when you line up a formation, you can determine if you're one of those where you're trying to figure out where it's rolling, you can determine which way it's going to roll by your formations. So you can even take that part of away, part away from it, you know. But just depends on what you want to do and how extensive you are. Well, you brought but up, to, but to have any kind of a of a meaningful NFL passing game that is something that's going to be productive week after week, and you know, not completely collapse on you. I mean, it's it's more extensive than that. Well, you brought up the touchdown against Indianapolis to Quisenberry, and you said that Quisenberry was Mariota's third choice. Quisenberry was his second or third, yeah. Absolutely. So the people that say he's a one-read guy, like, that's just well, that's just not true. And, and for <laughs> you to diagnose that as a caller to the Jared and the GM show, I think may, 
I mean, I think you don't want to say like you're completely unqualified to judge how many reads he looks at, but that is kind of what I'm saying. Well, I think even Quisenberry was shocked to get the ball. Was but, glad he catched, caught it. He, yeah, I mean, he caught it. Rich is up next here on Jared and the GM. What's up, Rich? Hey, Jared, man. Uh, as a guy that just moved here from Seattle, I, I, I'm me and Russell Wilson are both very offended that you would make the excuse of the O-line being an issue. That man has spent the past, like, four years running for his life behind a, a, a fake O-line, and we don't make excuses okay. for him up All right, there. Let me, let me ask you a question, Rich. How yes, good sir. were the Seahawks when Russell Wilson had an offensive line? Is this How a good was the team? Super Bowl because we won that on the back of our defense with Russell. Right, but but you guys had Max Unger. You I mean, you guys had Giacomini. You had guys. You guys had an offensive line early in Russell Wilson's tenure. I was never when they ran the ball with any guy. But I give you Max Unger. We unfortunately flipped him for Jimmy Graham, which we still regret. So, so y'all I, had I, an I, off. <laughs> so when y'all had an offensive line in Seattle, what were you guys doing? We were competing for Super Bowls, but at the same time, okay. And okay, when was but, the last time Seattle competed for a Super Bowl? Like, when was the last time they were a legit? I mean, I would say that it's been about three or four years, and Russell has gotten better, and I love Russell, and he's a great player. But no one looks at the Seattle Seahawks for the last three or four years and thinks that they are a Super Bowl contender, and I think that's because oh, of the line. Oh, come on now. I know Titans fans are here that think they're a Super Bowl contender, and they still have market. <laughs> so do you think the Seahawks are a Super Bowl contender this year? Do you really lump them in the same category with Dallas and the Saints, and all of those teams. Yes, absolutely. I mean, we just barely lost to New Orleans when we handed them the defensive and uh, punt return touchdown with Teddy Bridgewater and Dallas. I mean, come on, man. Didn't New Orleans just expose Dallas on Monday? Did New Orleans expose Dallas? Uh, didn't Dallas expose you guys in the playoffs? Whoa, now, which time? Are you blaming Tony Romo? <laughs> I'm, saying, I'm not talking about Tony Romo. When you guys had an offensive line, thank you for your call, Rich. I am not talking. This goes back. Russell is is a ten times better quarterback now than when they won the Super Bowl. Right, Floyd? He's better now, yeah. Yeah, much better. But their team is not a better team than they were back then, and they had a good offensive line back then. Well, yeah, but, I mean, their defense is, I think, the biggest difference. You know, they had... You know, they had that legion of boom, and they had all-pro linebackers across the board and defensive linemen knock you down. And they had the I beast mean, I, of running back. Yeah, they had, you know, I mean, that team was, was well, well put together. But he does bring up a, coin, a point, you know, which is, I mean, that Russell has not had the best protection. And he's now, he's because he's out there running around on his own a bunch uh, and still played pretty good. I know, but they're winning now, nine he, and ten games when they could with Russell. Russell's a and, 13, 14 win quarterback. And he's had good, he, he's, you know, for a while had some receivers, like with Baldwin, 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 you know, wherever they went, whatever they did, Baldwin would find a way to get open for him. And, and Baldwin is gone now, you know, I'm sure that's an issue. Uh, but they've, they've had some problems. Well, I just think that they're, I mean, they missed the playoffs two years ago. They were, I think, one and done last year in the playoffs. I mean, this is Seattle with Pete Carroll. They were Super Bowl contenders, and they were division round, and they were NFC title game, and they were back when they had an offensive line, and now they don't. Now, look, I mean, I wasn't going to tell the caller this while he was ranting and raving. I picked Seattle to go to the NFC title game this year, so I'm not backing down off of that yet because I believe in Russell, but 
they could use the offensive line help. We'll get back to your phone, 615-737-1025. Jared and the GM live from Cool Springs Wines and Spirits, where in about 30 minutes we'll pick our winner for the two Preds tickets, lower level going to game one. But Titans tight end Delaney Walker caught his 500th pass as a tight end in the NFL, and he will join us coming up next. It's Jared and the GM right here on ESPN 1025, the game. Jared and the GM, we are live again at Cool Springs Wines and Spirits giving away those Predators tickets. Floyd Reese, big news. We got a bunch of things that happened on Sunday for the Titans. But one thing that I know did not go unnoticed was Delaney Walker, Titans tight end, joining the 500 Catch Club with a reception at Atlanta on Sunday. And Titans tight end Delaney Walker joins us now on the show. We've got a new Delaney Walker Gives Back charity event that we'll get to in a second. But Delaney, first and foremost, on with Jared and the GM. Congratulations on the 500th catch at Atlanta on Sunday. Oh, Thank you very much. So, Delaney, let's start here with this one. Let's start with the win. I mean, this team, and you talked about being one and two during the week last week, and all of a sudden the Titans go out there, great attitude, great effort, great result. What was kind of the difference on Sunday for the big win at Atlanta? Uh, Pretty much, you know, we held each other accountable, uh, went out there, did our jobs, um, execute the plays, made plays when they came to us, and uh, pretty much that's what you've seen, and uh, that's how we got the W. What did you think when you went out there and, and A.J. Brown made the catches he had, Corey Davis had the catches, you had one, Humphrey had one. Everyone talks about all the added weapons and things the Titans have done. What do you make of that this year, and how do you see the pass-catching core coming together? Um, I said it earlier I said it uh, this, earlier this week um, after the game. I said uh, for us to be successful, everyone needs to touch the ball. Everyone needs to make plays. Um, seeing A.J., uh, Corey Davis, Tajay, and uh, Humphrey make them plays. I think that's what's um, going to get our offense going, um, especially when we can uh, give them the one-two punch, move the ball with the run game, and then also move the ball in the passing game. Delaney, over the last two weeks, you guys have experienced, you know, not a very good game against Jacksonville, and then maybe at least the first half, as good a half as you've played on offense in you know, in a while, uh, in back-to-back weeks. How does your approach after the game, that's like this week going into Jacksonville, does either one of those games affect more your approach to the next week? Um, I wouldn't say. Uh, I think uh, we're the type of team we we let um, – we don't dwell on the past. We look, for the, look forward to the future. So um, everything we talked about leading up to – uh, the week of uh, the Atlanta Falcons was make the plays that come to you, hold yourself accountable, and uh, do everything possible to win the game. So I really don't think uh, any game had anything to do with the situation of us winning against the Falcons. It was just everybody uh, bought into um, what we were selling, and that's how we got it done. You're going into um, this week kind of a – a unique situation in that Buffalo, I think, is very is similar to you guys in a lot of ways, in in some of the things they do. But Buffalo has always been one of those teams that you know has struggled, and I think on a, you know for the last few years 
people look at that and say, well, you know, they're really not among the elite, not among the better teams in the league, and yet we've struggled with them. How, how are you guys going to try to turn all that around? Honestly, this is any given Sunday. Um, we don't look at any team as a struggling team, especially in this, this game we play um, today. Anybody can show up and be the, the better team. So uh, what we want to do is play our game uh, again. You know, make the plays that come to you. Do your job. Be accountable and uh, put points on the board. So that's the mindset that we have going into this game, and I'm sure they send the same thing there, but uh, it's going to be who's the better team on Sunday. Delaney Walker's with us, Titans tight end. Delaney, how good did you feel for Marcus on Sunday? I mean, I know you guys block out the outside noise, but Marcus is obviously a big topic around here, and for him to have the performance he had on Sunday, how proud were you and the rest of the team for him? Uh, I don't even think it's about being proud of Marcus. I think uh, we all know what he can do on Sundays. Uh, when given the opportunity, he plays his best. And um, once he's, you know, and that, what I mean by opportunity is protect him, make the plays when he throw the ball to you, and uh, he'll be a star like he is. And pretty much we did that. It's not just Marcus on the field. It's all 11 guys out there playing together. And I always say this. Our job is to make the quarterback look good, and uh, we did that. Delaney, one of your strong suits is you have been so consistent. Just week after week, you're going to go out there and you're going to get yours. Does it frustrate you sometimes when you see these guys that are kind of up and down? You know, one week they're going to go out and they're going to get, you know, be the be the all pro, and the next week you can't find them. Well, you know, hopefully that's not a, a problem, man. You know, uh, I don't, I don't see that happening where our guys are showing up and then next week not showing up. But I do get that teams do um, strategize and they're going to try to stop the person that's making the most plays. So I understand that, but um, I would love to see my receiving court keep making plays week in, week out because that's only going to make us better. So. Um, that's what my mindset is. Um, I'm not disappointed if they don't have a good a good performance one week or they have a great f- performance the next week. I get that teams do strategize to try to stop the best player on offense. We've talked about this before, Delaney. Delaney Walker with us, and I think you bring this up that you bring you preach this to the younger guys. But the taking care of your body, you and Cameron Wake, still to be Pro Bowl All Pro caliber players at this point in your career, how important do you look at the example that you set for the younger guys in the locker room? It's, it's funny you say that. That's you know I'm not the type of guy that yells or, or try to tell you to do anything. I set an example by the way I play on the field and the way that I take care of my body. And, again, being able to play this game for 14 years and play it at a high level um, that I do, I think it goes a long way to these guys. I can see some of them picking my brain, asking me, you know, how how I'm able to do that. What do what's my routine every day? And I see them doing it. Once I tell them, they start to copy it, and uh, that's how I lead the team. Never been a rah rah guy, but I always lead by example. And it means a lot when I see these guys following me because then they understand that for us to be able to be successful and playing this game for a long time, you need to do them um, the unnecessary things that you don't see on TV is when getting the massages, the steam rooms, the cold tubs, staying late to get the extra treatment, and uh, that goes a long way. Have you? Could it have been that, that your time in San Francisco where 
you know, you didn't get as much playing time as you're getting now. Could that have served in as kind of a blessing in disguise when it came to the length of your career? You know, I've, I've always thought about that, and I'm not sure it could have been. I Honestly, I didn't play a lot going in um, for the three years I was there, but the four years after that, I was I played a lot. I feel like I played at least 65 or 70% of the snaps that that was on offense or on, on special teams. So I'm not sure if it helped uh, prolong my body. Um, maybe, maybe not. I'm really not sure. Delaney Walker with us, Titans tight end. Big event Monday night at STK. The Delaney Walker Gives Back Foundation Charity State Dinner. Tickets are still available. Uh, DelaneyWalkerOnline.com. Delaney, explain to us what exactly is going on Monday night and how people and why people should get involved with another. And I say another because it's not like this is the only thing that Delaney Walker and the Delaney Walker Gives Back Fund Foundation does but why they should get behind what you guys are going to be doing on Monday night. Uh, pretty much, man, steak dinner. And I know a lot of people love steak in uh, Nashville, so uh, <laughs> we have one of the best restaurants, STK. You need to come by, check it out. I'll be my teammates. We're going to have a pretty much a silent auction, charity, um, some charity events going on, games, uh, fun things happening pretty much. You can talk to the players that you like, uh, mingle with people, and uh, also do something for a great cause, and that's pretty much give um, give uh, back to Delaney Walker Gives Back Delaney Walker Gives Back Foundation, where we try to help kids in the inner city because they are our future, and when their future is bright, we have a bright future. Delaney, we talked about this right around the start of training camp when when you uh, when you had your Delaney Walker Gives Back event for the students at Napier Elementary, and you talked about using your platform as a player in this community and as a player in the league and how important that is to you with kids that have not had the opportunities or are not given the opportunities. How much do you look when you see the Nashville community and see what you can possibly do and what these kids that the Delaney Walker Foundation, Delaney Walker Gives Back Foundation supports, how much you can do for these kids and what they're capable of? And that's the crazy part. Every time I'm out in the city and I see something that I feel like I can either help or change in our community, I kind of take a list and I, I run it through my PR department just pretty much like, can we do this? Is this capable of, of being done? Because, you know, I see things where kids, and sometimes, you know, you see them out when they can be at a, a rec center playing basketball. They can be at a rec center um, getting the extra tutoring that they need or even like I, I run across kids, and you know I do the dentist thing, and uh, sometimes I rent, uh, they the parents email me like, uh, yeah, my kid, you know, having dental problems or medical problems, and I, I see these things, and I'm like, maybe I can do that, maybe I can do that, but at, at the end of the day, I need the help. Like I do it all by myself, but sometimes you need the help, and that's why I reach out to the community so I can get that help. Because the more help I can get, the more kids we can touch. Sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun Monday night. Delaney, we look forward to you having another big event. We look forward to a, a big game on Sunday against Buffalo. How's this going to work now? If you have like 13 catches on Sunday and you get beat up by Buffalo, you still going to be A-OK Monday night for the event? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, you know, I'm going I'm to do my best to be there and be, uh, be at my event for sure. Um, I don't think that... 
you know, being in the plan in the game is going to stop me from being out there for my event, but uh, we will see, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I just don't want people to show up and then they say, where's Delaney? Oh, he's over in the cold tub in the corner over there after his 13-catch performance against Buffalo. Delaney, uh, I, again, another great, great, great event that you've put on, whether it's giving back to the kids with the school supply drive, whether it's some of the dental work that you've done, as you mentioned, or whether it's this event. Again, Delaney Walker online. Uh, Delaney Walker online.com for tickets. The event is Monday night at STK for the Delaney Walker Gives Back Foundation. Delaney, thank you so much for your time joining us and what you're doing in the community. And best of luck on Sunday and best of luck on Monday. Thanks, Delaney. Stay healthy. Thank you. Thank you. We'll see you. Titans tight end. Delaney Walker. And again, that event, you can go to DelaneyWalkerOnline.com. It's really simple once you click it to go there for tickets. That's STK Monday night. And there are, it is going to be an all-star cast, Floyd, that is out there at STK from current Titans players to, to former Titans greats. And the one thing I'll say about this, and, and I've done some things with Delaney in the past and some other, any Delaney Walker event is usually a pretty good time. So, again, that's DelaneyWalkerOnline.com. They still have tickets Monday night at STK. That is Monday night, October 7th, from 630 to 10 at STK downtown. DelaneyWalkerOnline.com for the Delaney Walker Gives Back Foundation. Jared and the GM, 615-737-1025 is the phone number, 615-737-1025. We'll talk about some of the things Delaney just brought up right there and how excited things are coming up. It's Jared and the GM. We're live again from Cool Springs Wines and Spirits. It's ESPN 1025, the game. Jared and the GM, we are live out here at Cool Springs Wines and Spirits. Floyd, we just talked to Delaney Walker about the game. We talked to Delaney Walker about the Falcons game, about the Bills game, and, of course, about his big fundraiser. And, again, that is Monday night at STK Downtown Nashville at 630, 630 to 10. Delaney Walker, Taylor Lewan, Derek Henry, Jarrell Casey, Kevin Byard. And then some of the Floyd guys are going to be out there, too. Javon Curse, Keith Bullock amongst others, as well as Corey Davis, Ryan Tannehill, Dion Lewis, and much, much more will be out at the thing. Delaney is a great mix because he's, he's young enough to still be playing, and yet he's old enough to know a bunch of those guys that have already retired. To get the Floyd crew out there? Yeah. The Floyd crew to celebrate. So before we get to, before we get to the Preds and then we pick out our winner for our tickets, anything from Delaney stand out to you? You asked him the question about, you know, kind of how one week some guy will do something and then the next week kind of disappear. And he said, you know, in this league, people will then game plan against whatever you did the previous week. How much of that is something the Titans have got to find a way to overcome? The Davises, the A.J. Browns, the Derrick Henrys, that once you get going, all of a sudden, people are going to scheme against you and you still have to be able to beat them. Yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're a legitimate big-time guy, if you're a guy worth double-teaming, then you need to be the guy that is able to beat the double-team. And it doesn't mean you're going to do it all the time. But it's not, we can't eliminate you from the offense because all of a sudden you're being double teamed and that's what happens too much to to some of these guys that that think they're on the verge of becoming a you know a legitimate number one guy all of a sudden they get in a situation where where they're somebody's game planning against them the same with these quarterbacks we talk about you know these young quarterbacks go out and they light it up for a while and all of a sudden people are looking at what they do 
and they're saying, hey, we need to do something a little different here. And and they do it, and now he's ineffective. Well, that's that happens the same thing with receivers or really any position. I don't care what you are. If you're a great pass rusher, people aren't going to just let you line up, run across, and knock your quarterback down now. You know, they start chipping. They put tight ends. They use motion. They do all that way they can to affect you. And and if you're a great player, you still find a way. If you're just kind of a okay guy, then you know pretty soon you'll not, be an okay you're not guy. Getting and chipped. Yeah. Be the... people are saying, "Hey, we don't need all that help for him." What else stood out to you from Delaney? Was it when you listen to him talk as a veteran player in the league? Obviously, knows how to do media, all of that stuff. Uh, what else did you hear from Delaney? I don't, you know, I mean, the the thing I think that's impressive about Delaney is he's he's smooth. You know, he knows he's not going to ruffle feathers. He's not going to degrade anybody. He's not going to get mad at anybody. I mean, he's a true team guy. I mean, that's, again, they've done a great job, John and and Mike, of putting together a true team. You know, these guys care about one another. They're not going to do anything that's going to be derogatory in the locker room, out of the locker room, publicly, privately, um, you know, whatever the case may be. So that's that's a giant plus when it comes to, you know, because the locker room is so big anymore. You know, you got, you know, what, 60, 65 guys that are there. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of bodies and a lot of people you get to know. And, and with all the A-type personalities there, it's easy to get somebody ticked off and, you know, maybe be a problem. But they seem to find that method where they just keep trucking. Really appreciate Delaney taking time and joining us today on the show. Again, Delaney Walker online dot uh, Elaine, Delaney Walker online. I think it's dot org. Delaney Walker online dot com. DelaneyWalkerOnline.com. Again, that is Monday night at STK Downtown. And, again, a star-studded Titan-heavy crew will be out there for the Delaney Walker Gives Back Foundation. Okay, it is time to pick out our winner for our tickets. And we are joined now as we're here at Cool Springs Wine and Spirits by Brett Moore. Now, it has a big sign outside that says, Under New Ownership. Brett Moore, you guys are kind of taking over shop here at Cool Springs Wine and Cool Springs Wines and Spirits. So we want to thank you so much for having us, and thank you for letting all your customers hang out with us today and so on and so <laughs> forth. Well, thanks for coming out, Jared. Appreciate it very much, and uh, GM, appreciate it. Uh, thank it, you. It uh, has been awesome having you here today. Um, we've uh, been under ownership now for about four months, uh, new ownership, and, uh, you know, it's been everything we hoped it would be. Now, I was a little bit hopeful that we would be by the fireball department, uh, which is literally its own department here, it feels like. Uh, I was kind of hopeful we'd be over there, but it's okay. We're, we're here with, uh, with, with a couple fireball, and then we got the little mini fireball over there. So we're in close proximity to fireball, which I am very appreciative of. Well, you know, you just don't know what we got in your swag bag yet. So uh, you might have some of that to take with you. Well, we love fireball on this show. And I would also say this as we're out here. When I got here, now we've all been to different stores, etc. I got here and I, my eyes open wide. I, I look over and I see the beer corner over there. And this place, I mean, the square footage in this is absolutely humongous. And on top of it, you guys are walking around like FBI agents. Everybody's got an <laughs> earpiece in. And I, I'm sitting there worried that all of a sudden I'm going to walk out of here and there's going to be like six guys with earpieces that come up. Mr. Stillman, we need to see you in the back. We need to see you in the beer corner, Mr. Stillman. But, no, this is uh, really a first-rate 
spot out here in Cool Springs. Well, appreciate that very much. We've got uh, over 15,000 square feet of floor space uh, out like in the front. And uh, that doesn't include the stock space in the back. So uh, I, I think it's fair to say we have, if not the, one of the largest uh, selections uh, and breadth of offerings in all of Middle Tennessee, certainly in Nashville. Okay. I've walked down through these aisles a time or two looking at you. I'll bet I saw 50 things I've never even heard of that you've got on stock. I mean, you can't be minus anything. You're right, and that's just on one aisle. So. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> so before we get to picking our winner, Brett with us here from Cool Springs Wines and Spirits, how do you feel about the Pred season this year? Excited? I'm, I'm fired up. I, I think uh, with uh, uh, what the, the management has put together and, and the new guys that uh, – you know, really could start on many teams uh, straight out of the block and, and being able to give them some time uh, down, uh, uh, you know, underneath and, and but be there and give us, a, give us some depth. Um, this is it's going to be a great season. Uh, and, you know, Preds fans are special. Uh, it is a cult-like group. Uh, I know uh, uh, all of us partners have been here since day one and uh, – all of us have had season tickets, and uh, we just love the Preds, and uh, we love the camaraderie and team uh, that comes with them. And it's just, you know, it is such an exciting sport to watch. And who, th- who to thunk, you know, that many years ago that it, that a town like Nashville, in the Bible Belt, deep south, would be able to support a team the way we have, and we proved everybody wrong. And this is a great, great team, and looking forward to this season. So with that, let's send somebody to the home opener Thursday night, the season opener against Minnesota. Pick somebody out. Pick out a winner. Brett Moore from Cool Springs Wines and Spirits, who we got. All right, here we go. All right, out of the box comes Mike McRae. Mike McRae. And, Mike, if you could give us a call uh, here at the store uh, and – Obviously, you know where we are. We're next to Academy Sports, uh, and our number here is 615-771-7436. Love to hear from you so we can get you these tickets ASAP, and you can enjoy the home opener of what's going to be a great season this year. All right. Thank you, Brett. Thank you so much for having us out here. Thank you for everything. Congratulations to Mike McRae, who is going to the season opener. Speaking of the season, Floyd, get set, because coming up next is the Preds season preview show with the voice of the National Predators, Pete Weber, and our very favorite, the tall guy, Hal Hill. Skillsy coming up. We're out of here. Jared and the GM Preds season preview show is next.